0: You don't need a high end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Let's get personal, personal. I wanna get personal, personal. Hi, everybody. No, you are listening to Big Design, Small Budget. Do not worry. This is not your all 80s radio station, but I was inspired this week because the questions that came into me this week were a little bit personal. And as you guys know, I do not mind keeping it real with you all. I do not mind breaking it down and getting a little bit personal. So that is what we are doing on today's episode of Big Design, Small Budget. I'm Betsy Helmuth, and I can't wait to get A little bit personal. So, guys, before we dive into your questions, I wanted to share something that I am super pumped about. Are you ready? I am offering a new service at Affordable Interior Design that I am so ecstatic to tell you guys about. It just launched. Is today Monday? Today's Monday. It just launched today. It just launched today. And I, my mission, at Affordable Interior Design, is to make these interior design concepts that used to just be for the elite. It used to just be something that was considered an indulgence. No, it should be a right. It should be accessible for everyone. You should be able to access not only the tips, not only the empowerment in the form of information, but also my discounts. So for so many years, we haven't even really used our discounts. If you know anything about our business model at Affordable Interior Design, we basically tell people what to do and what to buy, and then they go out and buy the items on their own. So we've had access to all these discounts for quite a long time, and we use them rarely. So I decided to make a plan. A package, if you will, and we're calling it, even though we do need a new name, so if you think of a new name, please write to Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. But for the current time, we are calling it the Designer Discount Shopping Service. Basically, you pay a flat rate of three ninety five, dollars and we will order up to 20 items for you using our design discounts that go up to 30%. So in other words, if you have a shopping list of items that totals over $3,000, you should be using our designer discount shopping service. So go to affordableinteriordesign.com, click on our plans and pricing, and you'll see it right at the top because I am pumped that we get to extend this nationwide. No longer do we have to stay in our corner of the tri-state area here in New York. We can really spread our wings and offer that accessible design experience to truly everyone in the United States. So go on there if you have a lengthy shopping list. Heck, if you just want to buy a couch that's over $3,000, we're going to save you money. And not only that, when you use our concierge shopper, You also get access to that VIP customer service that designers get to experience. Did you know that the trade reps for interior designers are much more flexible, much more understanding, and much more willing to refund if there are any issues? So we get VIP service all the way around. And since we will be ordering for you using your credit card information so you get all the miles, all the points... But since we'll be ordering for you, if there's any issues, returns, refunds needed, we are on your side and we'll facilitate that return with our reps. So like I said, this is a brand new program we're rolling out, but I couldn't be more excited. So if you want to take advantage of this program, just go to our website, click on Affordable interior design.com, go to plans and pricing, and you'll see that designer discount shopping service. We have amazing reviews, an impeccable 12-year track record, and frankly, I cannot believe we didn't come up with this package sooner. So there we go. There we go. Let's get a little bit personal. I definitely regret not having that around. People call me all the time and say, Betsy, how can I get access to your discounts? And I say, oh, Sorry. When really, I'm just sitting on all these amazing deals that I'd love to share with you. So there we go. Um, Speaking of personal, I wanted to share something else. So I love your questions. I really love podcasting. But I am running low on content. Did you know that it has been over two years? of podcasting and nearly 100 episodes, and looking back and trying to come up with new topics, new information, I feel a little tapped out. I have an idea that I want to run past my lovely listeners. Guys, here's my idea. I was thinking about starting to devote an entire episode to one of you. So each week, I would feature a listener, and we would talk for 20 minutes all about their design dilemmas. Basically, they would come with a set of five questions, and we would really break it down over the course of that podcast. So featuring you, featuring your problems, featuring your space, but I think that would be really exciting for me because there's nothing I love more than answering listener questions. But having every episode be sort of freeform and random doesn't feel quite right either. So if you'd love to be featured on your very own episode of BigDesignSmallBudget.com, all you need to do is have a computer with Skype. And you need to email me at Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. I'll get your information. We'll set up a date to talk for 20 to 25 minutes. And I'll answer all your design questions. And heck, you'll get your very own episode what's cooler than that uh so now let's dig in and let's start talking about a few of your questions that came in this past week my first question gets a little bit personal and it's from elizabeth elizabeth writes my husband and i are looking to buy our first home which is likely going to be a bland townhouse or a condo since you're a relatively recent home buyer yourself i'm wondering what you looked for when you were buying what was aesthetically important to you and what could be modified later." What kind of flow from the entrance to the exit were you looking for? What was on your to-do list before moving in? How did you access storage? Any thoughts or tips would be most appreciated. So yes, Elizabeth, I bought my house uh, with my husband a year and a half ago. And so that search is definitely fresh on my mind. First, you have to narrow down the area, which I'm sure you have done. The second thing is I want you to let go of some things that you're looking for. I met my husband online. See, we're getting personal, guys. I met my husband online. And when I was thinking about who I would ultimately marry, who I would ultimately be with, I had a very clear picture in my mind Dark eyes, dark hair, tall, all these different qualities that were purely aesthetic. They had nothing to do with the intrinsic person or their values or core beliefs. Instead, it was just all physical. So when I met my husband, you know, it was an online date. So it was sort of a blind date, if you will. He didn't really match that description. He had gray hair. He had glasses. He was nice and tall. He had light-colored eyes. He just wasn't what I had in mind. And after the first date, I wasn't even sure I'd want to see him again. But he was very relentless about taking me home, you know, dropping me off, taking me to my door. And I didn't quite feel comfortable with that. It was our first date. I didn't know him. He wasn't even a friend of a friend. But he was so insistent that I was like, okay, well, you can see me off at my train stop. But I really had no intention of ever going on a second date with him. So we get out of the train. And as he's saying goodnight, he leans over and he kisses me. Rather unexpectedly. And I had had a lovely time. He was an amazing listener. He was super hysterically funny. And I found him to be very engaging. He just wasn't what I thought I wanted. But that kiss was everything. Like there was a smell, there was a feeling. It was the way I'd always imagined that I'd want to be kissed. Seriously. Like nobody had ever kissed me quite right. And then there it was, right on my lips. Like, the perfect kiss and my eyes just opened nobody was more startled than I was he walked away you know we said good night and I texted him flabbergasted I just texted good kissing I mean I was in shock so when I met with my real estate agent I told her I absolutely don't want to see anything stucco I'm really open but I do not like Mediterranean styles at all I don't like stucco, I don't like the terracotta tiles, I don't like any of it. Show me a Victorian, show me a craftsman, show me a mid-century. All of those sound delicious, but don't take me anywhere near that Mediterranean style. So I looked at lots of houses, and we got close to buying a couple. But one day there was a listing I hadn't seen, and since we were already in town looking at spaces, I said, just show me that one. And of course, the exterior was stucco and it had the terracotta tile roofs. But in the area we were looking in Westchester, there just wasn't a lot of inventory. So I said, well, you know, might as well see everything. But I walked up the stairs to the front door and I just knew this wasn't my place. It just didn't have that curb appeal. It wasn't tall, dark, and handsome. It was stucco. But I walked in and I instantly knew I didn't actually know until I got to the second floor. And the second floor, there was this really long hallway, almost like a dollhouse that split the house in two with bedrooms to the left and bedrooms to the right, but all off of this super long hallway continuing all the way the length of the house. And for some reason, I didn't grow up in a house like that at all. I didn't grow up in a house that was more than one story. But for some reason, This house kissed me the way I'd always wanted to be kissed. This hallway was everything I'd ever wanted in a house, and I didn't even know I wanted a hallway. So leave room for magic. I know it's nice to put all your absolutely no's on a list to narrow things down, but sometimes when you do that just based on aesthetics, uh, not based on the actual functionality of the space, you may cross things off your list without giving everything an opportunity. So one thing that I think you should look for and that I almost settled for with several other houses is I was okay buying without the magic. And this is a space I want to be in for 20 to 30 years. Wait for the magic. Just like with a spouse, you will know it when you kiss it. So wait for it. The other thing that you want to think about when you're looking at a house is don't move into a house Whose pants are already too tight for you. I saw several houses where I was like, oh, I already feel a little squeezed in this house. And we got very close. We nearly got into contract with one house that I was like, well, I can fill this house up right now. There's nowhere to go. But I really love the house. It's so cute. It's so charming. But, you know, we're a little maxed out with this square footage. So pick a house that has a little room to grow. Maybe it even has an entire room you're not quite sure what to do with. You'll figure it out. And as your lifestyle and family grows and changes, you might find that that room gives you five more years in the home because you added that flexibility, that longevity, that extra bonus room that became something you really needed later. So my husband and I got a house with several rooms that we don't quite know what to do with but don't worry we're filling them up quite nicely so don't go for the too tight pants if you want to have that longer term of an experience with your home the other thing that i really looked for is something solid i saw so many homes that were fixer uppers that the homeowner obviously went to home depot one too many times and was just slapping things together things that looked cheaply done I knock on the cabinets, you know, just to make sure they don't sound too hollow core. I knock on the doors to make sure they don't sound too hollow core. When things are done shabbily on the exterior, you know they're also shabby on the interior. And there goes to another point. I really think it's important to find a house that's been loved. So some people are really open to flipping and taking houses that have never been loved and putting that juju into them but this mama don't got time for any renovation juju i want a house that somebody has lived in and loved it and even if it's a little bit out of date i know that when something broke they fixed it the right way they didn't just slap on some pretty tile and put it on the market so even though there are some renovations i'd like to make to my old home my home is from 1913 down the line I could tell with the things that they had done, that they had done them right. That they had outsourced to people who knew what they were doing. So there we go, Elizabeth. I hope that helps. So before we continue to our next segment, let's cut for a commercial break. Then I have even more personal questions. Do you love learning about design? Do you wish you could take a deeper dive into the topics we discuss every week on my podcast? You can. I offer online design classes. Just head to the website BigDesignSmallBudget.com and you can check out my online classes there. I offer three different courses, one in feng shui, one in styling, and one that focuses on furniture selection, size, etc. Choose from those classes or take all three and get a copy of my book for free. Each class is $40 or get that combo pack with the book, three classes, and the book mailed to your home for $90. Mention promo code PODCAST to get 15% off your entire order. Check out my classes, learn more, empower yourself so that you can go shopping with confidence and design a space that looks uniquely you while having optimum flow. Check it out at BigDesignSmallBudget.com. Welcome back, everybody. Before we get to my next batch of questions, I wanted to announce the winner of our review contest. So many great reviews came in, and I cannot tell you how I appreciate them. One comment came in that I want to address. Someone mentioned that they feel rather disappointed that my podcasts don't always come out on the same day. And people, I feel you. I have my favorite podcasts Struggle Bus, Missing Richard Simmons. Startup, open for business. And I know when they come out and I wait for them with bated breath. I get so excited and I really, they make my Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday. uh, I try and get a podcast that I'm excited about for every day of the week. That way I always have something to be pumped about on my commute to work. But unfortunately, guys, I am a CEO, I'm a designer myself, I'm a mom. And I just podcast pretty much for fun. So I can't always be as reliable as I would even like to be. But keep those reviews coming. Keep that content topic idea coming. And hopefully I'll get these out on a more regular date. I had been aspirationally hoping for Tuesdays. But in terms of how the real world works, stuff comes up for me. But I'm going to try and be more consistent with that Tuesday release. But in the meanwhile, once a week, we'll have to do. But let me announce that winner. So first of all, thank you so much for writing reviews on iTunes. They are truly the best way to spread the word about this podcast. Of course, you can always tell your friends too. But drumroll, please. The winner of the review contest is Pete Hammond. So Pete, please write to Betsy at affordableinteriordesign.com with your address so I can mail you an autographed copy of my book, Big Design Small Budget. I would love to ship it out to you ASAP. So Pete Hammond, send me an email and I'll get you that book out right away. Now on to my next question. My next question comes from Katie and Katie wrote, Betsy, you recommended a shoe rack on your podcast a while back and I cannot remember what episode it was on or which one it was. If you could let me know, I'd really appreciate it. So yes, Katie, I can't remember which episode it was or which shoe cabinet it was But chances are, if I'm recommending a shoe cabinet, you better bet it is from Overstock and it is Westgate's Oversize Multipurpose Shoe Cabinet. Once again, Westgate's Oversize Multipurpose Shoe Cabinet. It is one of my favorites. There's open shelving on the right side for lazy people like me who are never going to open a door to put their shoes away. But there is a cabinet on the left-hand side for people like me who are a little bit cluttery and need a place to stash those umbrellas, those doggy poo bags, those gloves. It is the perfect or practically perfect shoe cabinet. So now, my question is from Ogsne. And I hope I'm saying that right, Ogsne, but you asked an amazing question that not many people ask me, surprisingly. Betsy, how do you deal with a difficult client? That's a really great question. The number one thing that you should do with a difficult client, and I'm sure that this transcends design services, I think it just goes to customer service in general is that you want the person to feel heard. So when I have a difficult client or a client who's upset or a client who didn't like the design choices that myself or a designer chose, the first thing that you want them to do is to feel like you fully understand what they're trying to tell you. You want to lower all your defenses and just be an open vessel for the feedback they have. The second thing that you want to do As you want to acknowledge that you understand why they would feel that way. So after they've opened up to you and shared this story of sadness or confusion, you want to let them know that they're not crazy. You're not upset with them. You really did step into their shoes for a moment and could see what they were feeling or why they were feeling that way. And really try to do that as a designer. Really try to... Think about, you know, in this field, people have a lot of expectations that the design for their home feels extra personal because it is their special sanctuary, because it does need to reflect their personality. So there's just a lot at stake. Additionally, they're constantly in their home. So if there's something that they don't like or something that's not working right, it's always in their face. And they really need to fix it. So think about all those different issues if you potentially have design clients or if you have any kind of customer service clients. Then the next thing, and this is the key, this is the key, is asking them what they think would be a fair resolution. What would make them feel better about this situation? More often than not, they ask for less than you would be willing to give. So as a customer service rep, what they ask for until you would make them feel better is often not as much as you think it would be. So open yourselves up to that question because if they don't get what they think is fair, even if you bend a lot, they're still not going to be happy. Now, that is my formula for dealing with clients who were disappointed. But difficult clients, clients who are really hard to please, first, I try and weed them out because they're not right for this type of service. Someone who is super picky – or super difficult, really needs that consistent hand-holding of a high-end professional. Somebody who gets paid a lot of money to deal with a lot of questions. Who gets paid to source a lot of options. And that's not us at Affordable Interior Design. So you can hire us by the hour to source more and more and more. And certainly, we want to find a lot of options for you. But we have limited inventory as well we're only shopping at the same retail stores you are shopping at so one red flag for me is when clients come to me or potential clients and they say Betsy I've looked at every single store I've looked at every single website I've seen every magazine and I don't see anything that appeals to me or hello red flag red flag Um, the other thing that is a little bit of a red flag is if they've worked with a past designer and a lot of people have bad experiences there are a lot of models out there that just aren't great that aren't personal the designers aren't professionals there's a lot of issues with some of the design services on the landscape Um, so This client may not necessarily be difficult, but they're more sensitive. They've been burned before. So you really have to be even more reassuring, even more comforting. They've already spent a lot of money before they even came to us, so they almost want to get double the value from us to make themselves feel better about what they lost in the past. And I sure do understand that. We've all felt a little bit duped by a service provider and been extra leery when we hired again. So it's something understandable, but then I go in knowing that they may be a little bit more difficult. They may want to see, rather than two options, six options. And they may be feeling a little bit bruised from something that never even originated with us. So those are lots of ways to deal with difficult clients. Believe me, in 12 years, I've seen it all. But you know what really haunts me at night? If I go back in the 12 years, there were a couple of customer service situations that I handled before I knew these tips. There were a couple of times when I knew I had done the best job for the client and still they weren't happy when I couldn't kind of weed out those people who would truly never be happy. And I couldn't resolve issues for people who seemed like they were maybe taking advantage. But those situations, those clients, I remember their names. I remember their faces, and it haunts me in my dreams. And so I wish I would have handled things with customer service that was amazing, that bent over backwards. And that's why now at Affordable Interior Design, we offer a satisfaction guarantee, because I would much rather give back all your money, even after a lot of work, than have you on my conscience 12 years later, wondering, should I have given them a refund? Should I have, you know, been more flexible when they did want 20 more options? So it's something to think about. And it's also the cost of doing business. The cost of doing business, just like working at Walmart when somebody returns a sweater that they wore, but there was nothing wrong with it. You know, stuff happens. I know I almost said the other word, Oxney. I almost did. Stuff happens. And that's the cost of doing business. Some people are going to be difficult. Some people are going to want their money back. Some people are going to do things that aren't fair. But as a business owner, it's our job to take the lumps because most of the time that doesn't happen. And 97% of the time, we have amazing clients who would never take advantage of our small business or our designers. And as you can see from our reviews This customer service formula that I shared with you earlier is the best way to guarantee happy clients. We have over 100 five-star reviews between Yelp, Google, Yahoo, et cetera. So there we go, Oxney. I hope I answered that from the angle you were thinking of. I tried to cover several different angles with that response. And my very last question comes from Amy. Amy writes, any suggestions on baby room colors when you don't know what you're having? definitely. If you don't know what you're having, I love to skew yellow or teal or even green. Green is not my favorite. You know what I realized as a lover of almost every color? I realized I just don't really like green that much. I love orange, yellow, pink, purple, you name it, but green just doesn't float my boat. So I would skew yellow or teal personally and I hope that helps Amy. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for another great week. Big shout out to my producer, Catherine Heller. Aton and the Embassy, our amazingly fun house band. And finally, to Affordable Interior Design, who tries to keep those customers happy and tries to create those new packages to make design even more accessible. Until next week, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.